I have with me Sidney Jones uh, from the Institute for Policy Analysis of Conflict in Indonesia. Thanks for joining us today, Sydney. Thank you. Um, a lot of attention, there's a lot of attention in Australia um, on what's happening in Iraq. We've now just seen the dispatch of some 600 Australian ADF personnel to Iraq um, to deal with the threat posed by ISIS. Uh, in Indonesia in recent months, it's also become a big issue. What are the dimensions of the, of the, of the issue that, you, that we're facing in Indonesia? Um, obviously, there, we've heard the stories about Indonesians travelling to Iraq and Syria uh, to fight in the conflict there, but what are the other elements of the issue that we're dealing with? Basically, we've had people going to Syria since late 2013, and people have been going to a variety of different groups, so not just ISIS inside Syria. Basically, it breaks down to three different groups of Indonesians. One group which is opposed to the use of violent jihad inside Indonesia has allied with the Al-Qaeda affiliate known as the Anusra Front. The group, that includes, by the way, Jamaa Islamiyah, which many Australians still believe is a major terror group, but which in fact hasn't used violence in Indonesia since 2007. The next biggest group is groups which are using violence or are committed to using violence inside Indonesia. There are about six or seven small groups, not very competent, but which have allied uh, in two big groups, one called the Mujahideen of Eastern Indonesia, one called the Mujahideen of Western Indonesia. And they and some of their supporters are joining ISIS. They are also uh, aided by a group inside Indonesia that is organizing ceremonies to pledge loyalty to the new Islamic State. And this has been going on since the 1st of July when the caliphate was announced. There's also a much smaller group of pure Salafis, uh, sometimes uh, a word that's used interchangeably with Wahhabi. These people are going uh, out of a motivation that Shia leaders are killing Sunni Muslims. And they are going to join mostly groups that are neither the Nusra Front nor ISIS, but um, are linked uh, with more Salafi rebel groups uh, in Syria. But we're dealing with very small numbers. The total number of Indonesians is still a mystery. We think it's over 100, probably not much more over 100 than, than, than 100. Um, the number of actual names we have is about 60. The, the Oath of Allegiance ceremonies you're talking about, what's their significance? I think the significance of the oath-taking ceremonies is twofold. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's a statement that suggests that your primary loyalty is no longer to Indonesia, but to a broader Islamic entity. And this is what has really uh, frightened the Indonesian government. This is what makes the Islamic State different from other radical groups where we had pledges to leaders before. We had what the, the, the pledges are called bayat, but the leaders didn't control territory. The Islamic State palpably controls territory and resources and has some of the attributes of a state. And that's what makes it different in the Indonesian government's eyes than other groups that have preceded it. I think the other 
implication of these ceremonies is that if you take all of the people uh, who have attended and pledged loyalty together, you get probably 2,000 people maybe. The concern is that some of these people could translate loyalty to an Islamic state into violence inside Indonesia. We don't know yet of any violence that has taken place on the part of people who weren't already committed to violence. Uh, so there's no, there's no proof yet that there's any correlation between swearing allegiance and the commission of a violent act inside Indonesia, or even to swearing loyalty and trying to get to Syria to fight. The concern is that there might be. How, how significant is all of this for the terrorist threat um, that, it, that we, see, we see in Indonesia? Over the last decade, that threat you know, has gone up and down, but basically it's, it, it's declined, uh, and certainly kind of the terror attacks have become less effective. Um, how big a threat is this in terms of that, that, in ter in terms of that positive trajectory? I think the existence of ISIS and the international connection and the presence of Indonesian fighters in Syria and Iraq now uh, altogether does raise the risk in Indonesia that the terrorism threat could increase, but I don't think it raises it too much. So I don't think that the presence of a few dozen more Indonesians in Syria automatically and immediately transforms the nature of the security threat. I think, though, that people are right to be concerned that there are enough recruits who aren't competent now who could be better organized and trained if some of the people coming back from Syria provided the leadership to make that happen. So that's where I think the real threat lies, that in, in and among those hundred people, even if we got five or ten people who were committed to taking the enthusiastic recruits that we have had in Indonesia and turning them into some more disciplined force, then we could have a serious problem on our hands. Sydney Jones, thanks for joining us. Thank you.